Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Life of an Ex-Fashion Student podcast with me, your host, Christina Eng. Today's podcast, as you can probably tell by the title, is going to be another one in my interview series and with someone who I'm very excited to introduce y'all to. We first met when I was working back at the CFDA and we've been close social media acquaintances ever since. I'm very thrilled to welcome Eliana Betsakis to the podcast today. You might know her name from being a recent contestant on Netflix's fashion competition series, Next in Fashion, Season 2, hosted by Gigi Hadid and Tan France. But what you might not know about Eliana is that she's also a recent grad at the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and a past recipient of the Council of Fashion Designers of America Design Scholar Sunchi Image Maker Award. She also made her runway debut in 2022 with an independent show that was sponsored by Atlantic City Fashion Week. When she's not working on all of her personal fashion endeavors, Eliana also spends most of her time giving back to the community through her work with the Ghost Light Stage Company, a nonprofit arts organization she started with her sister. Despite this podcast episode being my first actual conversation with Eliana, it felt like we'd known each other for years and I immediately felt inspired and motivated by the conversation she and I had together. I'm so excited for y'all to learn more about Eliana herself and the journey she took to find success in the industry as an emerging designer. So without further ado, here is Eliana Batsakis. Okay, we're recording. Hi, Eliana. Thank you for joining me on this podcast today. I'm so, so excited to have you and just for you to tell everyone about yourself and your journey. I know. I'm so excited to be here. I was just telling you how I love your podcast, so <laughs> I'm very excited to be on it. So it's it's very cool to be here, and I'm excited to get into a little conversation with you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Okay, so I, before this, gave a formal introduction to yourself, but can you just, like from your own perspective, tell everyone a yeah. little bit about you, where you went to school, and what you're kind of doing now, or like what you call yourself in the industry right now? Yeah, okay. Whew gonna be a lot so um in the industry right now well first of all I'll say my school I went to the school of the art institute of Chicago um I studied fashion design I actually switched my major like while I was there but I'm sure we'll get into that later Mm -hmm. um but right now in the fashion industry um I work for myself so I am trying to launch my own brand officially I'm working on a website right now it's been like a huge labor of love of like really I didn't want to rush it out um and so I've really been taking my time with it. And then I also do a lot of custom orders right now, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which has been really cool and fun because it's just one-off pieces. And, you know, it's not like, I don't know, boring yourself over and over making 10 of the same things just to sell them, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I have opinions yeah. about that. I might do it. I might not. But anything I do with that will probably be made to order. And then also um, mm-hmm. I make my own collections just for fun <laughs> and people pull them, mm-hmm. um, you know, with money that I save and I do that as well. And I do photo shoots. I do creative directing too, which is really fun. And then outside of fashion, I do a lot of things as well. I actually work a side hustle mm-hmm. in marketing, which has helped me so much. Just <gasps> oh, wow. Myself. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't really post about it a lot, but um, I do copywriting. So that helps oh, me a wow. lot with just, yeah, just with building my own website right now. I actually do it for a local um, jewelry company. Shout out to uh-huh. Jewelry Jewelry. Um, it's woman owned. Uh, they're amazing. They make all the jewelry themselves like in-house. And so I started that actually right after we finished filming Next in Fashion. I was like, oh, let me like, I want a little bit more money to just like constantly have my rent paid where I can like feel better about like doing collections that I'm not necessarily selling. Just kind of feeling out where I wanted to be because, you know, especially a lot of people listening to this podcast, I'm sure you don't really know what the heck you're doing, but you know, you just want to keep making work. 
Yeah. And so I do that. And then I also just started a nonprofit with my sister that's like a local arts nonprofit. And it's also a theater company. And I'm the fine arts director. So we've been putting on workshops. I actually just taught one um, for fashion design and costume. It's called Storytelling Through Garment. It was so amazing. We actually did one yesterday about um, auditioning for musical theater. So what we're trying to do is we have a ton of teaching artists kind of on our roster. It's called the Ghost Light Mm -hmm. Stage Company, if anyone wants to check it out. But basically, we're trying to fill gaps because Cincinnati has an amazing creative community. It honestly doesn't get enough credit. And so, but there are things missing that like you don't really get until you're in college or until you go into those fields professionally. So say Mm -hmm. like a one-off costume design workshop where you don't have to do like a week-long camp. Like the one that I taught was free through a grant. And so people could just come and be like, you know, I'm interested in film and I've always thought about doing costume, but I never knew like if I wanted to do it, you know, they could sign up, spend three hours and like learn so much about it and be like, oh my God, this is really cool. I should do this. Or, okay, this is not what I thought it was. Like uh, (laughs) I'm out. So it's cool to bring those kind of things to the community as well. So we're really like getting into that. So I kind of do a ton of stuff, but I'm just figuring it out. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised because, I mean, it's great. There's a lot of stuff that you just mentioned that I didn't know about you and that you had your hands in. (laughs) But it's so interesting to hear because, like, us in fashion, we're no strangers to, like, the side hustles and, the you know, working multiple, having our hands in multiple things, whether that's financially or just because we want to be diverse and have a lot of things that we're doing. So Mm. I'm, like, glad to hear that you're doing all those things. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's cool. And also fashion is so expensive. It's expensive to like try to do on your own, especially. And I think that's why so many people, when we graduate, we immediately want to work for someone else, which like, you know, I did that as well. I did internships. Mm -hmm. I did the whole thing, but I was just like, since I switched in, I didn't always like think of, oh, I want to go to New York. Oh, I have to do this. Like, I didn't always have those goals in mind. It was very Mm -hmm. much like, this is art to me. I love it. Like, but how do I, like, do I want to do costume? Do I want to do film? Do I want to have my own brand? Do I want to work for someone else? I didn't know. So when I graduated, especially after the pandemic, it was like, I had this whole like perspective change of like laying in your ceiling during quarantine of like what's important to me. And so I kind of realized, you know, I don't know what I want to do. So why rush it, you know, and go move to a city, pay a super high rent and feel like I'm stuck in this job that I took because I felt like I had to. And so for me, it was really about like, stepping back and be like you know you can make work from anywhere if you have a sewing machine especially with social media like you can really like make some cool stuff and people will see it and so I just trusted my heart on that and now I've like realized you know the things that I want and the goals that I'm working towards and it took Uh me not just doing what everyone wanted me to do especially with getting the CFDA award it was like you know a lot of my teachers were like but you're good why don't you want to and I'm like no that's not I'm not gonna stop making work it's just I don't know where to use my talent and what's the best like not just for me, but for like, you know, giving it to other people. It's like, what is most beneficial for both? So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, I love that I'm having you on this podcast to talk about this because there are so many people who also, like you said, like have dreams of starting their own brand and being self-sufficient. But obviously like, there is the dream and there's reality and you have yeah. to balance you have to balance the two of them. And it'll like smack you, can, you hard, yeah. Yeah, like you you should I am always preaching that you should be like this dreamer, like please mm-hmm. dream big by all means, but yeah. then you have to have this other side of your brain that's like, okay, we got to think reality now, like how am I right. going to pay for my dream yeah. and everything. So you are, have like you sound like you've got to figure it out. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> I'm glad you think so. No, I mean, I feel like right now it's like I've been telling people I feel like the seeds are being planted, but now is the point where you have to like really take care of them, like so the plant can grow, yeah. not to oh get God, all that that. But I mean, it's true. Like you can't just instantly be this big tree with like fruit on it. Like you have to like tend. Like you know, you yeah, have yeah, to like, yeah. really take care of like 
the beginning part or it's not going to grow. Like, I don't yeah. know. So I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Where like, I'm starting to water <laughs> the stuff's Aww. underground. But I love like, that. I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. I, ask me in five years if my tree has grown and we'll see. <laughs> I know. Um, I know, but you, you know, you're doing a great job and we're still young. Like, even though we yeah. think we're getting older and I mean, yes, like time is going by fast, but at the same mm-hmm. time you have to like take in the moments that you're yeah. still like, you still are youthful, you're still doing things and you can do things. Yeah. I actually, funny enough, I just had a really like deep conversation in my DMs the other day with, you know, oh, just wow. a stranger that had messaged me yeah. and just saying like, you know, I really want to start sewing, but like I'm in my thirties and I feel like it's over. I'll never make a career out of it. So oh it's pointless to even start. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I, I don't know why, like not even getting like into, you know, to sew, you have to have a career in fashion. Like you don't. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but I think this particular person was like feeling down about that. And I was yeah. like, you can do stuff and it just be something that you love and it's an escape and is a hobby, but you can also make a career, even if it's not making you a ton of money. Like I'll full disclosure, the collections that I make that I shoot, I don't make any freaking money off of that. Like, you know, I save money and then I buy the fabrics and then I do those things, but like, it's not directly giving me money back. It's giving me opportunities that will later become that. But like, you know, just because you're in your thirties and you want to start selling and you're not selling clothes like out of your house or making a brand, like doesn't mean that it's too late to start. I mean, so many people have amazing careers that they started when they were like 50, especially like huge actors. Like I can't think off the top of my head, but I know there's some. Yeah, and there are there are fashion designers too who yeah, started, started so designing late. in their four in their thir- late thirties, forties, yeah. and are now like some of the most successful designers. And it's like, even if it's not a career, like just if you're interested in it and you're like passionate about it, just try it. And I think we think it's like this daunting of like if I'm not making money off of it and it's not a career, it's worthless and it's a waste of my time. And like that's so not true. So that's my side rant. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. Um, okay, so. I want to start getting into something, something that you said in the beginning that like caught my mind that I actually didn't know about you, but I like heard about in an interview that you had um, mm-hmm. with, your, with your local news channel is that you originally went to school for furniture design. Yeah, I did. I, so like I said, um, I, you know, switched my major, but originally I got into art school for illustration. So drawing, mm-hmm. I was like just drawing animals and all kinds of things. And that was my portfolio. And, mm-hmm. but I kind of was like the business person from my dad. My dad owns a pizza place. He's like an entrepreneur. And so his voice was kind of in my head, not that he discouraged me, but it was very much like, you know, how do we make money off of art? Like, how do we do the things we like and, you know, make, you know, make them profitable. And so I was like, oh, industrial design is really cool. I had done a camp, like a local, like camp at UC DAP program had like this summer industrial design program. And I liked it a lot. And I was like, oh, well, I could work at PNG. Like I'm super type A. So PNG is in Cincinnati. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I can do this, this, this. Like I was trying to plan it all out. I'm like, oh, this is great. Okay. I can illustrate. Like it's more perfect. And so then I got in there and I loved it and I did it for like a year. And then I started making handbags and I didn't know how to sew at all. And so I was just gluing them together. And my teacher was like, oh, Eliana, like, you know, these ideas are really good, but I'm going to be straight with you. Like, you cannot pitch these professionally because they're not sewn. And, you know, like they'll, they'll see the idea, but they'll, we could just elevate it so much and you could actually like, you know, get some money from this or like pick up your idea if it's sewn in like pristine prototype. And so I was like, okay, sure. Like my school is interdisciplinary. You could take whatever you wanted just all the time. And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll just take a sewing class. I'll learn how to elevate my prototypes and I'll dip. Well, you know where this is going. <laughs> I started sewing and my teacher's name was Caroline. And she's just like, I always joke, she's my fairy godmother. And she's also Greek. So we had this like, <laughs> yeah. you know, family sort of relationship. And she, I remember the first project I ever did, you know, I started prioritizing it over my 
you know, design objects, industrial design work. And I was like, yeah. hold on. Like, I could like feel the shift in heart happening because I would come home for this one little intro class. I'd be like, oh, my sewing machine, like trying so hard. And like, yeah. and then my designer would be like, oh crap, but I have this tomorrow. Like, let me finish that up real quick. You know, and, like I could feel it happening. Yeah. So after that first project, she was like, Eliana, like she pulled me aside. Cause I asked her, I'm like, I don't know what to do, Caroline. Like, I feel like I'm torn like in two directions and I just need someone to tell me. And yeah. she was like, you know, I think you're a fashion designer just from the first thing you ever said. Like, I know that you are. And no one, you know, no one had ever, like, been like, no, she really is a fairy godmother then. Yeah. And so I literally switched. I just, like, took her word for it. I switched over it. Like, so when and did, I when did you switch? Seen. So it was yeah. I did one full year at SAIC, like, doing industrial design. And then it was like my first semester of my second year there, I took the intro class, but you don't enter the fashion program until the following year because it starts in the fall. Oh, okay. But I did two years and I kept doing industrial design the second year because I was like, oh, you know, like, you never know. It's good to have those skills. Like, you know, I was taking wood, wood shop classes, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And um, like product drawing. And so then I switched the following fall. So I was a junior, but I was with all sophomores in that program, which I mean, didn't bother me at all. It's, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. And so it was cool because a lot of people that I knew from my freshman year taking like foundations classes and stuff with, they were in the fashion department the year ahead. So mm -hmm. they could kind of like mentor me and give me advice of like, oh, this is coming up. Like, this is what I did. Because people I had close relationships were a year above me. Yeah. And yeah, so it was cool. But so that's kind of how I switched over was just believing in her. And she was definitely like a mentor for me throughout. And I had her again as a junior, like when I did my CFEA um, portfolio. Yeah. Um, she Amazing. was the one that really guided me and helped me in that. And she was so hard on me. <laughs> Love her to death that she made me cry so many times. And we joke about it now <laughs> because it was like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes when you're in design school, like they're the hardest on the people that they know will like oh, 100%. take the criticism we'll to heart and turn it yeah. out. Yeah. And so it was so hard yeah. for me when you're so tired and stuff to be like, oh my God, like she hates my stuff. But then yeah. I would always go home and be like, no, I got this. Like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all these changes. Like, I'm, even though I was so tired. So I just appreciated her so much. So she definitely was like a huge reason that I switched. But yeah, I just needed yeah. a nudge and she gave me it. So <laughs> Do, that that's amazing do you ever do you ever look back on the stuff that you learned in industrial design like how does that kind of apply to your designs now like I feel like there there is an oh, element that translates I think honestly it helped, it helped me a lot just having I mean the way that it was taught to me at SAIC was like very concept first I mean it's a conceptual art school like of course yeah and so I already had an idea of how to research things like put them down problem solve and yeah. so since you're designing like objects for people to use it's like you think of it as a problem solving way of like you know what's going wrong here how can I fix it and so I feel like that helped me a lot when I first got into the department because the first semester was a lot of like how do you build a concept how do you research and I was like yeah. oh I got this like I did it in industrial design I'm just putting it on a body now instead of you know making an object yeah and so that helped me a lot and then outside of fashion but just in everyday life like I learned a ton in woodshop like I know how to work a drill I know how to put stuff together <laughs> like that is like I know, oh yeah school. like they don't teach that in high school anymore at least where I grew up like we don't have wood shop and that kind of stuff so it's nice I'm like the handy woman of the household that was the one thing 100% like I didn't even take industrial design I was also a fashion design major but okay. I had those like foundation classes where we did have to do like laser cutting and wood shop oh, and yeah, I was like yeah, laser cutting yeah, I was like, at first I was like, oh my God, like, why am I doing this? I'm not trying to be like an architect or whatever. And then like, in the end, like you learn all these things that you didn't yeah. think that you needed. So I'm, I'm grateful for that too. 
Yeah, I was gonna say what else is crazy is people just with laser cutting. Like, I, there are amazing people in my program that would yeah. like do laser cutting to make like their own paillettes or like beads, like out yeah. of like acrylic, just crazy stuff. So yeah, oh, I, I mean, mean it's definitely like you said, it's all transferable. I mean, like if if you learn that and you have those resources, especially since we're paying for like design school, yeah, yeah. use it. Like there are people during my year who like would make use it, use the laser cutter in school for their own personal projects and for their own uh-huh. brands or whatever. Oh yeah, which is so smart. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you're paying so much money to go there, so it's like yeah, get, get all its worth out of it. I'm sure you yeah. now being out of school, like, wish that you could use the resources back at. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, not even like just the equipment, but like the people. Like, yeah, it's one thing about just like. I mean, that's why when I went on Next in Fashion, it was like. I, I like my spirit was just on fire because it's like you never really you don't think of like you'll never be in a room like of just all these people working on their own things like you might be you know if you work for a house or in the industry yeah. like you're everyone's working towards a collective goal yes but everyone working on their own thing bouncing yeah. off each other like that's just so rare like in the community around that and like being up late and being like hey like should I add this seam? should I do this and someone's like no because like think of your concept and blah 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 like I was when I was sitting here by myself like I call my friends and ask things yeah. every once in a while but it's just different you don't want to like yeah. burden other people or whatever so when I was on the show and everyone's just like freaking out running around the time constraints it like felt like being back there for a second as stressful as it was but I was just living my life I was like, <laughs> I you were back in school so fun. yeah it was like fun it was like the best parts of school like during that besides like you know the chaos of the time and all of that but it was like so much fun I felt like yeah I mean I can't imagine and I'm trying to make my way through your life so we will get to next in fashion (laughs) in a little bit don't you worry don't you worry but I do have have to ask you I talk a lot about my experience with CFDA on this podcast like Uh like everyone knows my journey with them but also just like I think I've told you know my listeners just more about the organization in general and we met and not even in did we meet in person we've never no, met no because it was covid it was COVID, okay so right 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 to come. Yeah, so, yeah. but I, we've met virtually through like zoom right honestly <laughs> i really don't know but we talk all the time like, yes i, I know but it feels comment. like we like, it feels like we've met that's why know. i'm saying that and i'm confused so I um i seriously but, thought this was our first like virtual like conversation even <laughs> I know, but crazy. I will say, I will say CFDA is the reason that we did indeed yeah, like first yeah, and get introduced to each other. And, mm. um, you know, uh, congratulations to you. And just that being your, like the beginning of really showing you like that you are capable and mm. that, you know, you're an amazing designer, you can do great things. Um, so I kind of want to ask you, like, if you can talk about your experience with CFDA and yeah. how that kind of propelled your career early on. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure, like, if anyone listening is in school right now that, like, participates in CFDA, like, at least at my school, it was, like, crazy around that time. Everyone was like, I want to get selected. I want to get selected because they yep. only submit, like, so many portfolios, like, from each school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, you first go through all of that. And it's like, you know, all these reviews, like, you do a, at my school, it was like a big one where everyone voted on which portfolios were going. And it was like this oh anonymous thing. Like, it was like, no one wanted to tell each other they were voting for, you know, of course, whatever. I don't know if that's the most serious case that I've heard so far really yeah but I mean it was cool because it was like you felt like you were really pitching like to a company at least for me I mean I don't know it was like 100% I feel that that. and so you know mine got picked and I was very just excited even to have that honor and then I remember I like it was before we actually submitted so they picked us a few like a bit before and then they focused in on those I think it's six or however many kids like submit Mm -hmm. from their school I can't remember 
And so um, we like, they really focused in with us, like building our portfolios, like as we made progress on our collection, that whole thing. And so then like COVID happened during that. And so everything shut down. So I was just sewing my whole thing on a little home sewing machine. And so I did not think anything of it. I remember my, in my videos yeah. and stuff submission, I was just so honest of like, you know, my concept, I was giddy. I was like goofy in my little things. Like I wasn't trying to be all like, I am a fashion designer, blah, blah, blah. Not that there's anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, but I was just like, that's not, that's not who I am at yeah, all. And yeah. so I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to be who I am. And that's just what it is. So then when I got picked as a finalist, it kind of showed me, I was like, holy shit, like you can totally be yourself. And like, mm-hmm. even in this industry that I feel like there's like, you know, the like thing around of like, it's so serious and cut through, mm-hmm. which like, mm-hmm. you know, of course it can be, I'm not going to deny that, but also like for someone, it felt good for me for someone to make space for this goofy little giggly girl, like, right, you know, like and taking my work seriously. And so for me, that was the point where I was like, oh my God, like I have to be myself and every single thing that I do and it will get me places. And so yeah. then when I, when I won it, I was just like, and you know, I remember I did my presentation like on zoom in my parents' basement and it was like hilarious and that, cause it was during COVID and I like decorated the basement with all my stuff. I like put up a backdrop. I tried to make it like still immersive. I remember so, it. I remember it. Okay. So you were probably on, yeah, you were on that. So that's probably what we never, but we didn't directly talk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There it is. So that's the connection. So anyways, and I just remember I did all that. And then I called Caroline, like I said, our mentor. And I was like, oh my God, I literally just babbled. I have no idea what I was even freaking saying. Like I was just doing my thing. I was making awkward jokes, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, just relax, Eliana. Like you have such a personality that everyone likes, whatever. I hate saying that kind of stuff, but you know, that's what she said to me. And so then, you know, you wait like a month or so to find out who wins. And I remember I got that email and Caroline actually saw it first. And she was like, hey, did you check your email? And I was like, oh my God, like what? And I was in New York, like interning at the time. And I looked, I was like, oh, and I saw one, I like died. I started crying. Wait, why, was, wait, wait was, because were your like professors like CC'd on it? Yeah. So she also got notified or they notified okay, right, okay. something that I was working. So I didn't see it. Like, and she messaged me like in the middle of the day and they'd send it in the morning. And I was like, oh my God, I started freaking out. I started like, you know, having a whole moment. It was so cool. Cause I mean, it's a lot of money. Like if you guys listening don't know, like it's $25,000 that you win. Like that is like, no yeah. joke. And so for me, you know, I was on scholarship at my school and I had gotten a couple grants that I had applied for. And so that yeah. like covered, you know, the rest of my tuition and even gave me money back, which was crazy because my senior year, it was like I was getting paid to go to school. So for me, yeah. it was like, I did not want to take it for granted. I like got such good fabrics. I got an industrial machine. I got this iron, this back there, an industrial iron. Like I was able yeah. to get equipment with it because I remember I had asked the FDA if like that was okay since it went over, if I could, you know, use it for that. And they of course said yes. And so that for me, you know, I use this stuff every day. So even now yeah. like, CFDA is like helping me every single day, which is like, I don't know. It was really cool. And that's really, that's, I still, I'm so thankful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really meaningful to hear because that was why I resonated with their, you know, their mission and just mm-hmm. being a part of educational initiatives team because it yeah. was really helping designers. Like when I myself was a student and I wanted those things and needed those things, I was like, it's so yeah. amazing to see that I'm working towards helping other people get those things. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It was amazing to see. And also what resonated mm-hmm. with me with what you said, just like being yourself, I can't tell you that's the like, it's the most cliche thing. And everyone, whenever they ask me for advice about how to break into the industry or start I'm always like saying like honestly this sounds corny but you just have to like be yourself don't try to be anyone else it sounds corny but personality is what really perseveres and makes you stand Mm -hmm. out amongst a crowd of so many people who are also trying to make it and and I will say like what what really stands out about you like and I know you're like me girl like we can't even (laughs) I don't even like to say like I can't hype myself up 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same way. But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, what's just stood out about your work and like even your video, which the fact that I remember it after being like so many years of like being select part of having my hands in selection committee during that is just like your personality and your bubbliness and positivity that stands out in in, an industry where everyone, like you said, is kind of like most people are very serious and very stoic Mm. and most people can be sometimes rude if they are like high up and they think that they have like power to do that way. And yeah, it's just all about being like humble and just positive and you just like just somebody that you have to give an attitude where people want to work with you every day. Yeah, you know oh, I mean? definitely that. Yeah. And I mean, you even know that not even just for me, but just when I think of my favorite people that I've ever worked with, it's always people that like, you know, even if stuff's going wrong, which like, you know, not the toxic positivity that territory, but it's like yeah. just being able to like find something of like, okay, this crap happened, but like how do we move forward? How do we make this good? And like they acknowledge that it sucks, but then it's like immediately it's like, how do we move on? How do we, you know, how do we make yeah, this? That's... And I think those kind of people, it's just so nice because it's so easy when you're surrounded by people that like will find the negative and everything that you start to take that on. And I just am so not that type of person. So like yeah. for me, especially when I work with someone like that, it's so great. That really is the key to success in this industry. Mm-hmm. Like positivity, attitude, it really yeah. can't do anywhere. Just like talking to you. And it's crazy because this is the first time that we've like talked, but through through your social media, through your work, even I can tell what kind of a person you are, which is like a really good, (laughs) I literally before this call, like this interview, the only official video where I've heard you talk extensively is like this interview that I found online on YouTube. (laughs) Was it the the news one? Yes. But before that, and even then I feel like you are still being the most seriousness, the serious part of yourself because it was on the news. It's so true. It's so funny. There's but it like wasn't even a... that serious. You were still you. Yeah. Like, you were still oh, I freaking laughing. cried in that interview. I literally teared up. I'm like, what is happening? I was so embarrassed about that. But then again, that just goes back to being yourself because that got me featured on that account that I talked about. Yeah. Like Albert, who runs that, the Up Next Designer page. Yeah. Like, well, I have people that are listening to this might have seen, but basically I was talking about the Up Next Designer account and I teared up because I was like, they had just messaged me before I went on the news. And then I like sent him a video of like the link to the video. I was like, I totally cried and like had a moment, but like, I feel like you should see it. This is hilarious. And he like shared it on the page and like shared my work after that. And I was so embarrassed that I did that, but then it was just like, I was being myself. And then he thought it was so cute and hilarious. So he posted it. So again, it's just like, be yourself and like wild crap can happen to you. (laughs) No, no, literally. And I I love that. And Albert really does like choose the moments. No, like Albert is like definitely a very sentimental and empathetic like person mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. just just your whole story and the fact that it was like a local news channel that featured you and was like <laughs> it was like one of our own is on next in fashion yeah. that was so cute like I can't get over it it was so hilarious I had like a local press tour which is like so sweet and humbling but so cute at the same time yeah <laughs> like that's what um when you were posting about it on your story like you didn't you have also like a like a viewing for like that Episode. oh my god my family threw me like a oh. little, like viewing party for next in fashion it was like all of them came it was so sweet at like this local theater that like i they, saw that that my fiance's parents went on their first date there like to that movie theater and then they just oh opened god. a bar so cute it was just so no, pure. Eliana, literally, <laughs> when i tell you i literally saw that and so i was like born and raised in new york and like you know it's uh-huh. very like it's it's in metropo- it's a metropolitan city like it has its good and bad whatever but like there's something about me 
like wanting to having the desire to like grow up in a, like a like a, a small, small town <laughs> where everyone kind of knows everyone and like the success stories yeah. like hit more and they want to celebrate your success yeah, like to me so that was so cute and that that must have been like one of the top 10 wholesome moments of your life oh so, yeah yeah easily it was so cool because I mean I like I just remember walking in like they all like got there before me and I just remember I thought I was telling my mom she's like well the capacity of this place is like 80 and I'm like mom there's no way 80 people are going to show up and we went over capacity like it was hilarious and it was so sweet in the bar like you know the owners were like oh this is great like you know it's fine like don't worry about it like as long as we spread out like and we go in the theater and in the bar like oh it's all God. good we're not breaking fire code and like it was just and it was actually like since they were just opening that bar it was like their soft opening is what they used the the yeah. premiere party thing that they threw me for and I remember we I mean, my family likes to drink also. <laughs> so like, they really like gave the bar so much money that night and it was like, great for them, but also for us. So it was just a really cool memory, like for sure, like helping a local business. And then also like having this cool celebratory moment with my like friends and family. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you when I saw that, my, my heart, along with I'm sure the other people who are also following you melted just because it just like, <laughs> like it's I so wasn't even to, like, there. Think of it that way. Yeah, I know I wasn't even there, but I like, I felt like I was there. And, like, I felt like I was also, like, in the moment. I was like, oh, my God. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. No, but, I mean, let's get into, like, what is – I'm sure everyone wants to hear about in this episode, which is your journey on Netflix's Next in Fashion season two. Oh, my gosh. That was crazy. So, back to CFDA, they actually found me from CFDA. Okay, so there we go. There we go again, bringing it around. Yeah, they found me from uh, when I was a senior. I got recognized again for the um, like future of fashion showcase, and they so I have a platform on there, and they found my work and thought I was a brand. And I remember, you know, someone called me or emailed me, and I thought it was spam, and it was like, you know, we're like looking for you for this fashion competition series. And luckily, my sister is an actress, and you know professional actress and so she sees like the back end of like you know casting directors who's who like she has like gets on whatever platform, oh, wow like, okay she's a part That's of, like, members of yeah and so I was like can you just look up this girl's name like I have no idea if this is legit and she came back she's like oh yeah I really think you should get on the phone with her because like her name is linked to all these different shows and things and I was like okay what but I don't know if I want to do this type of thing like, okay, so I, I need to ask you I need yeah. to ask you I need to ask you what was your initial reaction knowing that this is real and they're yeah. they're 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 casting, they have an interest in casting you on a show, an iconic show, which yeah. I'm sure you watched season well, one. I didn't know what show it was at this point. <laughs> like, they didn't tell me. They just said oh. it was a fashion competition series on a major, you know, whatever, like something like that. It was very, oh, like, okay. You know, oh, shit. okay. <laughs> and so, but still, I knew it was something. So immediately I was like, is it Project Runway? Is it The Cut? You know, there's all these different, like, new ones right now. And I was like, what is this? And I had heard, like, I think Next in Fashion was originally canceled, like, after the first season because of COVID and whatever else. Like, they weren't going to do yeah. a second season. So, you know, it wasn't even on my radar. And so um, I was just like, okay, well, you know, if these kind of, uh, kind of opportunities come to you, like, you should, of course, like, see it out. And with my sister being an actress, she was like, girl, if a casting director hit me up, I, email, I would immediately, like, what are you doing? And so I was like, okay. So I responded and I got on a phone call, like, the next day and, like, I, she thought that I was a brand and she was like, how long have you been selling your clothes? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was like, wait, hold on. Like, we got to back it up here because, and I just told her, honestly, again, like being yourself, I was like, you know, I just started sewing, like it was four years ago at the time I switched my major in college. Like I moved back to Cincinnati. I don't have an official brand yet. Like 
I'm just making work and like showing it and like collaborating with artists. Like, that's what I love. Like I'm not selling my clothes right now. And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, what would you do with the prize money? And I literally said I would start a nonprofit. Like I would teach sewing classes. Like my answer was just like, so I think different than what like most people usually say. Cause I didn't have a brand. Like I couldn't say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I didn't even know if I wanted it at that point. And she was like, Oh my God, that's such like an interesting, like answer. That's so like, I have not heard that yet. And I was like, well, yeah, like that's what I think I'd want to do. And so then, you know, it's a long process, which, you know, unfortunately I can't like (laughs) say all the details. Yeah. 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 I kept like moving along in this process by just like being my, again, being my little self. And I remember, you know, one of my interviews that I had, like, that was like when it first started, like actually be really like, Oh my God, I might like go out to New York and like do this thing. I was like so goofy and like just cracking up because I also when I get nervous like I talk anyways but when I get nervous I like really chatter and I start making awkward jokes and like luckily people (laughs) seem to like it and it works for me but it was totally one of those moments again and so then I remember I got the call that I was going to go out to New York and you know it wasn't even that I was fully on the show yet it was a whole other process there like you know oh yeah oh wow like it's you know a very long process yeah And so then I was just like, holy crap, like, I'm going to go meet all these amazing people. Like, it's going to be amazing regardless. Like, I never in my, like, I did not think I was going to get on. And so then, you know, obviously, as you move through and I made it, I was like, holy. And then I remember I just started crying because I was like, number one, I was like, so like, proud of myself. But I was also scared out of my mind. It was like, oh, crap, like, now it's real. (laughs) Like I'm doing these challenges at these times. And obviously, we had found out it was next in fashion at that point. Like, it was like midway through that I found out what it was. And found out that Gigi and Tan were hosting. And so, you know, when I made it on, it was like, oh my God, like, this is like wild. And I was just like, okay. And then I immediately like pulled up the bootstraps and I was like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, like you got to like be in our headspace. Like we're going to just like have fun. And so I remember I like had a journal that unfortunately I left in the dang hotel. So that journal <laughs> is never to be seen again. Cause of course I would do that. And I like wrote down like, you know, like these like affirmations for myself of like, you are good. You are this like, and I had never yeah. done that before. Cause like, I don't know. I like to, I say, I believe in manifesting and like I'm 100% like universe and things coming back to you. Like I yeah. totally believe in that. Like the energy you give is what you receive. And so I, but I, I don't really write it down much. And so mm-hmm. I fully start writing down, like, you're going to be good. Like you're, you know, you're going to be fine. Just have fun. Like writing down all the things that even if like, you know, I did horrible and I went home the first time, like, all the good things that would happen just from even trying. And so for then I was just so calm. I went to bed so calm and like, you know, we started shooting like shortly after. And I feel like just having that mindset made me like, so like you see me, like if you watch the show, like I was like chill, like, you know, I was just giggling. I was like, not stressed. I was like running around like crazy. I mean, internally, of course I was stressed, but it was like, I was just so like happy. Like literally I was so happy just like being there and like being able to make work, having that free closet full of stuff, like just anything you can imagine. So I mean, it was great, but that was kind of the experience of like getting to the show, but it was so cool. <laughs> to hear you talk about it more in-depthly is like, it. it's it's so it's so nice for me to hear as well, because there's not a lot of transparency about like the process and just like what your thoughts were and in going into it. Um, But like, I did like hear in that interview um, that you talked about that she talked about you having like a little bit of doubt. Like what made you overcome that doubt? Because I'm sure like yeah. something so like all the discomfort and just like the unknown of being especially like on a live like television oh show. Yeah. How did you overcome that and just like decide to do it and just have fun with it? Yeah, I think seriously I mean, it was like a, a mental switch because when I first found out I made it, you know, I started crying cuz I was like proud of myself, but then like I said it yeah. hit 
holy shit, like, what am I doing? Like, what if I ruin my career before it starts? Like, I started having that kind of doubt too. And then finally it was like, okay, I can either go in it with that negative attitude or I can go and be like, no matter what happens, this is going to benefit me in some way or another, like, and just turning it off. Cause it's scary. Cause it's also, you know, it's reality TV. And like, I watch reality TV, like, you know, I, I never thought I would be on it, but you know, like when you read people's comments, like there's all kinds of crap in them, like depending on the show, like, you know, you're opening your life. And at the time I was very private. Like I, you know, I post way more now than I ever did before. Like I would just post my work occasionally every few months. I would just kind of pop up. But now it's like, I have these people that, you know, it weirdly, you know, to me, it's still kind of strange that, you know, they all want to know what I'm doing and what I'm working on. And so I've really had to like, work on being like put yourself out there but again so when I was there I was like holy crap like I'm opening myself up like to all of these people that watch the show like my personal life and you know of course in the edit like you when you're there you don't know what kind of edit you're going to get if they're going to put your whole background and what they're going to say because you know you do so many interviews where you say so much stuff I cried in a bunch of my interviews because my grandpa had just passed before I went on so it was like very like a lot of emotions for me just like that still dealing with and so there are a lot of like vulnerable things that I said and so you just wait because you don't see the edit until everyone else does like you know you don't get a free screening and so yeah and so I just remember I was very nervous like leading up because I was like what all is going to be included but again I was like I made the choice to just be vulnerable be myself and like just take it or leave it and so you know a lot of that obviously a ton of that stuff did not you know make it in and I you know had a very like sweet little cute edit which is so nice thankful for it but I mean and that is true truly how I experienced it as well but there were a lot of vulnerable things that of course didn't make it so I was kind of like whoo I chilled a little because I was like oh I was close there I was close (laughs) but uh yeah and so now it's like cool to kind of share more of my life on Instagram and I'm learning like you know I guess I think for a while I always felt like weirdly selfish in a way of like why do people care about my life like you know I don't know it was like a weird thing for me and so now I've like challenged myself like I don't really have to do this anymore but when the show first dropped I kind of challenged myself to be like you wouldn't judge other people for posting you know them talking on their story or anything else like I would never do that so why am I being like so weird about myself like who cares and so for a second someone had told me like you know, just pretend to be someone else when you post, like, yeah. you know, just like, remove yourself from it. And so when I would post it, I just wouldn't even watch back. I would just hit post and whatever was out, you know, was on there. Yeah. And so I did, and I made it a goal to do it three times a day, like to just get myself over it. And so now I like, don't even have like a fear or any kind of weird thing about it at all. I just kind of like <laughs> post whatever I feel like and whatever. Jeez, so that's such a great mindset. Cool. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. I think that also that mindset also think has what is propelled you forward. Just I think able- so too. Yeah. It's weird yeah. to kind of come to terms with that, but yeah. Just being able to take on so many opportunities. Like, I think the one thing that stops people from growing is fear. Yes. Oh my God. Well, weirdly before, actually I mentioned this to one of the casting directors was, yeah. um, I had made a new year's resolution of like, to stop being a, like the fear of failure and like I'm not allowed to say no to opportunities yeah. anymore if I know they're going to benefit me. Uh, so of course, the first one that comes along is freaking reality TV. <laughs> like that's a big one to say yes. Yeah, but the like, fact that you I'm actually so kept the fact yeah. that you actually kept up with that because a lot of people, yeah. you know, I, I've multiple times I said I'm not going to say yeah. no, and there are still some stuff that I'm just like, oh, this is an exception. I'm saying no. Yeah, and I remember another thing that helped me was. Um, my papu so my Greek grandfather he said to me before I left because I was kind of like confiding in him and like saying how I was nervous and stuff and he was like oh my girl like uh, success is just failing over and over and I was like oh my god like it clicked for me I was yeah, like that's yeah, so yeah, yeah. true like what like success is literally just like you failed this many times until the one time you got it right and then yeah. everything else is just part of that success and so that I was like 
oh my god like I like had an awakening like yeah. in his driveway as I was leaving like right before I left for New York I was like oh my that's so true like even if this is an epic fail like it'll become a part of like the eventual success yeah like, I'll look back on it and like no I learned something or whatever yeah. else so well, and I'm glad you did go on because dare I say that it was not an epic fail at all. <laughs> I believe, oh, yeah, you. I believe no, 100 that you you know that it was yeah. it was good for you, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm so happy, like, and proud of myself that I did go on and just like I don't know face the fear that I did have, and I actually had like a really meaningful conversation that you know of course didn't make it but we talked to tan and gb a lot you know they gave us all yeah. individual feedback even if they didn't show it because i mean the episodes are only so long but i remember they yeah. came up to me in one of the challenges i think it was actually the childhood one and they were just you know they facetimed my mom they showed a couple of the facetimes in the show but they facetimed a few more of our parents and they facetimed her and you know we were just like chatting and stuff and they were asking like you know why she's proud of me and all these different things and i remember it came up with just like the thing of like the imposter syndrome of like you know, I don't always like believe I deserve things and whatever else. And I was telling them about that. I'm like, no, like, listen, I struggle bad with that. I still do. And like, even like standing here, I'm like, why do I deserve this more than someone else whose work mm -hmm. I know is way more amazing? Like I have Instagram, like I, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and so, and especially being in the same room as people that have like these incredible careers, like have done so much stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it, for me, I was kind of battling with that while I was there and just believing like, no, like I'm here for a reason and whatever. And so I said that to like Tan and Gigi and they're both like, are you kidding me, Eliana? Like we both still struggle with that. And I was kind of like, wait, hold on. Like, no, you don't. Like, you know, no. and then we had this really genuine conversation that like, you know, Tan was like, you know, obviously I don't want to say too much because it's a personal conversation, but just like saying like, even he like sometimes feels that way about saying or whatever else. And Gigi was saying it also about modeling. And like that moment I was like, oh my God, like people that you admire also feel this way. And so it's just, I don't know, people you would never think would say that. And just him saying that to me, I was like, wow. And it kind of gave me the courage and the confidence to be like, okay, like I should have my own brand. Like I should be here. I should do this. I should, you know, it like, I kind of definitely had an awakening like while I was there, like of just like, I don't know, being more confident in myself and understanding that. Cause I tell other people all the time, like if you get an opportunity, like you deserve it. Like you know, you should, of course, take it like people don't see things in you unless they exist. And I always say that to other people. But when it came to myself, I was always like, oh, but like, do I, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's always so, like that. But but to hear I mean, that already you saying it and I wasn't again in the conversation, it inspired me to hear that Tan Fred yeah. and Hadid saying that they still have those feelings. Like when yeah. I look up to them and just like see uber success is mm -hmm. like it's so it's so humanizing and yeah definitely and I mean they're both like I mean you can tell even just on the show like how down to earth and like genuine yeah. they are and so I'm I'm sure they've talked about it before somewhere you know at some point because they're both just so honest and open like you know with their whole journey yeah. like they were with us and it was just I don't know it was really cool and like to hear that from them yeah. and it's funny because yeah you know there were so many moments like that I'm so thankful I was there I mean even just like the first episode with freaking Donatella it's like oh my god like that was I, enough but then <laughs> as we like moved on like that was enough to last freaking 10 lifetimes but like as we moved on and like those little like side conversations and just stuff with the other contestants too like these deep talks that we would have like on yeah. the like the bus like to and from or the van it wasn't really a bus but the van like those <laughs> like those moments were just like oh my god it was so just like yeah I was so glad that I did it. Again, like, like you say, like, yes, in the end of the day is reality TV, but like, it's so crazy because I, and I watch everything from like Love is Blind to like Next mm -hmm. in Fashion. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah. Because <laughs> you have handle like everything across the board when it comes to Netflix, reality TV, like Selling Sunset I've been watching recently. Anyway, mm. but my point is when it comes to the Next in Fashion is the only show where when somebody is eliminated, the hosts 
they just get so emotional like they're oh, so real yeah. and I was talking about this because my boyfriend watched it with me like we watched the seasons together and oh. I was just we were just like every time we'd see like Gigi or Tan get an emotional about someone leaving the show and I'm just like oh mm. my god it's not it's not just it's not a show where it's just like oh you get eliminated next person until we get a winner yeah. you guys are a family yeah no they truly like cared for us and like we really cared for each other because it's like I don't know I don't know how to explain it to people, but like we, you truly like, you know, those people not that long, but you truly get so close because you're like going through this insane experience and you're so vulnerable and nobody's allowed to know about it. Like, you know, you sign all these NDAs, like they're the only people you can talk to about this whole experience. Yeah. And so like you can find in each other in a way and like you build these friendships around this like common experience. And so I don't know. I just like, I, the people I met there, like, I just care for them so deeply. And like, I think that's so weird because when you see shows as like an outsider, you're like, no way these people actually give a crap. Like, you know, but it's like yeah. true. We really did. And like, I, there were a couple times, even when I was still there, like, I remember when Quay went home. Oh my God. That was like gut wrenching because like the speech yeah. that he gave, I think it's even like cut down shorter in the episode, but like, it was so just inspiring. And I was just yeah. like, sobbing, like everyone was sobbing and like, and he's just like the sweetest person ever, like of all time. And so I remember like Gigi was like really crying out. And so was Tan, like all the crew was like, everyone yeah. was just like, oh my oh God. My and God. Then, you know, of course we like stopped filming and we were still just like, you know, bonding and like yeah. rallying around each other. Like you're the best thing ever. And like, they did that with me too. Like when I got eliminated, we all went out to the bar after we like had this like fun little oh my God. night, like a send off. And like, then it came, like it became a tradition. I'm pretty sure they did it. Like, like we did it pretty much every episode before but then everyone I think after that I left they also did it like all, whenever someone got eliminated you all went out like rallied around that person and so it was so cool it was like a send-off almost instead of like, this weird, like exile elimination so. oh, that's why I'm telling you when people say yeah. that the fashion industry is like it's all just like mean people and nasty yeah. people like you do have your fair share of that but like there is so much that's why I love this industry because I've met people where yeah, I'm, like that are amazing yeah and I'm like there's so much heart that I haven't seen in any other industry. I'm like, it's completely different. And you really, mm-hmm. you just have to make the most of it because I'm telling you, like, it's it's definitely yeah. a, it's a us and our personality brings those people to us to as well. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, you know, the, would... Like you said, the energy you give is the energy that mm-hmm. comes back. And it also just goes back with, like, getting a job. Like, research the place you want to work for. Like, don't, yeah. you know, go in blind and then you're suddenly in this environment that does, you know, foster something toxic. Like, yeah do your research, like look up the people that have worked there, there before, like reach out to them, like figure out. Cause you know, when I did my internship, I interned at Vicara and like, I, that was my first one I did in New York. And mm-hmm. I just had heard like, um, Claire Sullivan was still there at the time. And, um, like mm-hmm. she went to SAIC. And so I kind of like knew of the brand from her. And I just remember, you know, everyone was like, Oh, she's so great. Like they're so kind and all this stuff. And so when I interned there, they treated me so well. I was like, pretty much like there was I think one other intern at the time because it was during COVID I almost wasn't even able to go out anyways like that first summer and then I was able to make it work and you know it was a very small team so it was safe and everything was like under the capacity or whatever it was at the time and they just like treated me so well like I felt so important there and it was so cool and I know sometimes people do those especially when they're unpaid like they do those and it's like horrible yeah yeah yeah. like I've heard so many horror stories of unpaid internships and so but I just was like they're a smaller company but I know I'm gonna do way more and like they're gonna treat me really nice and so it was great and I think yeah just researching who you're gonna be involved with also like helps bring those type of positive people to you where you avoid all of that yeah no 100 percent I want to I want to know more I mean you you've talked about it already but just like being on Mm -hmm. the show what like as soon as you guys 
not even done filming, as soon as the show came out and people were watching it, people were talking about it, what did that really, what did that do for your career being on the show? Like, what doors did it open oh, for you? And Yeah, I mean, I had to actually, so I mentioned the marketing job. I was working at that, like, uh, not full-time, but, like, you know, not, definitely not, like, totally part-time. And so mm-hmm. I was getting so many inquiries about, like, customs and, like, you know, just wanting to work with me and, like, traveling stuff and things like that, that I was, mm-hmm. like, I can't keep, like, calling off. Like, that's so, like, just rude and wrong, and I don't want to do that. So I yeah, asked, yeah. you know, my boss, I was, like, is it possible for me to go down, you know, to just do virtual, and I'll keep doing my copywriting and stuff? Because, again, I still needed the money, mm-hmm. but I also, like, wanted my career to keep growing and to take advantage of this moment. And yeah. so she said yes, and I was so lucky. And so all everything I do for that is virtual now, which is just, yeah, you know, oh, my God, amazing. amazing. Yeah. And so I, yeah, just social media, like so many people were sending me like fan art and really cute things. Oh. And I, I actually had to get a lockbox for my phone. I've joked about this before because when it first came out, I like was not used. Like I said, I never really got on social media that much anymore. And so then everyone was blowing up my phone. Like my Instagram was going crazy. Like I was getting all these DMs of people watching it, like people from Ohio, like Ohioans love an Ohio story. Oh, <laughs> so, so many people from Ohio and Cincinnati reaching yeah. out. And I was like, these people like are taking their time to like send me a message saying they enjoyed like watching my journey on this show. Like I have to respond. And so I was just yeah. like, oh, my phone responding to all these DMs when, um, you know, I of course like didn't have to, no one was just expecting that. Of yeah, me, yeah, yeah, I just wanted yeah. to. And so I was on my phone for like, I remember I looked out like when it first came out, I was on my phone for like 16 hours on Instagram one day. That is obscene. And so I literally got a lot of thoughts because I was like, okay, you're going to limit yourself and you're only going to get on there at the end of the night. Like you're going to post or whatever and you're going to get off and then you're going to get on at night and you can respond to some DMs as like a wind down thing. Cause I still wanted, like, I felt like I wanted to respect the people that messaged me. Yeah. And so it, but it was crazy at first because I just like couldn't get over it that like these people were like sitting up at night and like drawing me. Like that was so just like crazy to me. And of course, yeah. you know, my social media, I can't even imagine like Nigel and James and the people that like really blew up from the show. I'm like, how do you even like, cause I mean, I blew up, substantially from what I had I mean I had one of the lowest followings when I went on the show because of course you know I didn't have a brand I was just Mm -hmm. a small you know Mm -hmm. like just graduated and so it was just I don't know this is wild it still is wild it's really cool (laughs) I mean not not to equate followers with success because obviously that's not true yeah I just mean the dms yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) to see that that was happening to you and because I can see Mm -hmm. that so many people were engaging with your work were reposting and everything talking Mm -hmm. about you after was really just like I was like I just like kind of like mentally was just like wow it's so well deserved like she like she deserves everything oh my god that means so much thank you so much no but I I I resonate with what you say because even now and and I I know exactly the the feeling that you're talking about on why you want to respond because even like this podcast it's like it is very small and niche and the people who listen to it appreciate it but when I get Mm -hmm. dms of people who ask me stuff or just ask me follow-up questions to something that I've talked about and then I respond to them they're always like wow, like, I didn't expect you to respond. Like, that's so nice of you yeah. that you actually responded. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get that a lot, too. Or, like, even my comments. Like, the other day, someone commented just, like, a super nice message about, like, you know, something that I had posted – or, sorry, comment about something that I had posted. And it was so just thoughtful. And I responded. was like, you know, this is so kind, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't even believe you responded. And I was like, it's not like I have, like, 20 million comments, you know? Like, I get – yeah, but it's just, it's so, it's so yeah. just sweet and like, I don't know, like humbling that someone like yeah. is surprised when I respond. Ooh, yeah, but it's like, I feel like there isn't, there isn't enough of that in the industry. Like the reason why people are so pr- surprised that 
you respond or that you take notice or appreciation of their comment is because I don't think there's enough people doing it. And obviously, like, I totally well, that, get that. Yeah, if you have like, if you have yeah. like a, cra- if you have like cr- crazy, crazy amount where you can't be commenting on mm-hmm. everything and responding, I totally understand that. It's just like, I think where you can, you should like give back. Yeah, to right. And I'm very important. lucky. Like, I didn't get a lot of hate from the show, which is so nice. Or at least not that. <laughs> I mean, I've done some thinking because I was curious because I can personally laugh at a hate oh, comment. Like, I've seen a few that like cracked me up. Like, one was like, next in fashion more like next in midwest like crap like that and just oh had my god crying, laughing. like stuff that was so funny and so you know i of course did read because i was curious but like no one is coming in my dms or like my comments and being like you're yeah. terrible why were you you know i haven't experienced that yeah. which was just like i don't know the ideal situation and i understand also like the bigger you get like the more you cannot read your comments you can't look through your dms because you're gonna find yeah. something that ruins your day so i completely understand it from that perspective as well but like what you said like right now it's like there's no reason not to engage with you know the people that are taking the time to support me so yeah <laughs> yeah I mean and also just like um I mean like Ohio like this randomly why I have a connection with Ohio as well like weirdly <laughs> is because I mean you just saying that that like it being like Ohioans like they're very supportive of each other I mean mm-hmm. like when I did an Abercrombie Fitch internship which was like my oh, first. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I it, was my, that. it was my first corporate internship, and I had to like actually go out to Ohio for that. So mm-hmm. I, and it was just like, it was just another atmosphere. And we were also like, we were housed up in Otis, which they have their mm-hmm. own like little, they like, you think that when people think of Ohio, they're not going to be like, oh, like fashion, but there is like yeah, a no. good amount. <laughs> there is, yeah. Like, Otis, Columbus, like very, right? especially. Yeah. Oh, like a very talented mm-hmm. population and also just like a school there literally that, mm-hmm. you know, has fashion design majors. So I like, I don't know, like, that's why also I think like you talking about you being from Cincinnati and like, it just yeah. also, I was like, I was like, yeah, go Ohio. I was like cheering. <laughs> from the background, from the well, I mean, it's just, I don't know, like I said before, like Ohio, like, especially Cincinnati, like where I live, like there is like such a great creative space here like when I first graduated and I like I said I didn't really know what to do I worked for a nonprofit called artworks and they paint murals around Cincinnati and you get like I was a teaching artist and you have a team of apprentices who range from like high school to early college and you you know teach them how to paint murals and I did one at the airport and it was just like so soul fulfilling especially after going through school and I I'm sure you felt this too you're so burnt out when you first graduated yeah. like oh my god what did I just go through yeah and so I didn't sew for probably like six to eight months when I first graduated like it was yeah. crazy and you know so I did that mural and that was just like so inspiring to me where I was kind of like had this feeling of like like I said I'm trying to put these pieces together of what I want my career to be and like that like soul fulfilling like humanity like giving back part mm-hmm. I was like how do I like put this with fashion like how do I get this feeling out of you know what I'm truly like in love with and passionate about and so you know I've been trying to figure that out the last few years and I feel like I'm getting to the point where I'm working out especially through starting that with my sister the nonprofit. so but it's crazy all the things that you do how they'll like lead you to different like realizations about yourself definitely (laughs) that's amazing um I I kind of want to round out this episode with a few questions just about I mean, you were just dropping so many pieces of wisdom throughout the episode, but <laughs> a general, more general question to like ask for your specific pieces of advice, like what are some, what's some tips and advice that you would give to students right now or like emerging mm-hmm. designers who are kind of like, I, kn- I know you mentioned how in the beginning, like you, you weren't that, you weren't that, like you didn't check social media that much. You didn't post on that much, mm-hmm. but now, like now that you have a following and that it's grown to that, you are like seeing yeah. the importance of social media and the growth. 
what mm-hmm. advice would you give to those people about growing themselves as a designer? Yeah, I would definitely, I mean, I would definitely say collaborate with people that you really admire their work. You would be surprised. Like for me, it, you know, it kind of collaborations I feel like are kind of weird sometimes where people are like, I feel weird, like asking people to work for free or this, 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 and this, but like, mm-hmm. I've had so many people that have like wanted, you know, luckily, and I'm so thankful for it, that I've wanted to use my stuff for shoots. And mm-hmm. I think the school that I went to, everyone was always like, make sure you rent, like charge them a fee, do this, this, this. I have never done that. Like full disclosure, mm-hmm. I've never charged a rental for my garments. The only thing I charge is shipping because of course I don't want to lose money, like mm-hmm, sending mm-hmm. my work for someone else. But it's like, you get really cool work out of that. Like if, if you're scared that they're going to damage the garment or whatever else, like, of course you can have them sign something for damage or do like a damage deposit. Like I've done that with people that I don't know their work at all. Mm-hmm. I'll have them sign something and then they pay like, you know, 50 bucks a garment or something. And if they don't return it or it's like all damaged, I keep the money. Okay. Yeah. But, um, so you of course can do things to protect yourself, but it's like, if you're going to turn around and want to do a collaboration where you're going to ask a photographer to work together for free and all this stuff, you cannot be charging when people ask to like pull your stuff. And yeah. I've like, created really amazing relationships from having like stylists pull my work and like just being so like they've been like oh my god you're so easy to work with like seriously you're just gonna ship it and I'm like yeah like as long as you give me credit in the photos like that's great and so I've like done a lot of really cool editorials and I've gotten publishings from just letting people take my stuff when otherwise it would have just been sitting on racks collecting dust like you know and so that and also I think just like building relationships with photographers like even like what I've done is I've found people out whose work I really love I'll comment on their posts I'll like engage with them like so they Mm -hmm. you know are familiar with my name they'll you know a lot of times they'll follow me back and like like my work too and then when I'm when I have a cool project coming up or something I'll be like you know and luckily now I have a lot of like publications and things like that to my name and my work and I'll be like Mm -hmm. hey like I'm thinking about getting this project together I have this really amazing team of people that are all like working towards the same goal we're all going to use it and like I always give creative freedom and collaborations as well because like if if you don't and you're like I mean of course send mood boards and stuff like that but like if you don't let people put their creative hand in it it's no longer a collaboration it's Mm -hmm. just a job that you're not paying them for Mm -hmm. and so um yeah I'll do that and people always come back like oh my god I've been wanting to do something creative and crazy like this like I have all these ideas I'm going to send you inspo back and it's always been this really amazing like I love photo shoots. I love creative directing. I love using other people's stuff, not even just mine. Like that is so fun for me. And it's gotten me like published and people post on it, social media, the work gets shared. Like, I think that's really important, like to keep doing. And I did that before I was like very into social media, but now that I am, it's like, I make sure that I like am consistently doing those things and I have stuff out on projects and things like that. And it's been cool. I had someone wear one of my senior thesis coats to Coachella, which was cool. Like, I don't know, just random things like that. Just let people take your stuff if you're not, you know, if you're not using it actively, because if not, it's just like I said, it's just collecting dust. I I love that. And I feel like that's something like, that's like, kind of unspoken, but still people are like, uh, like students and emerging designers are not willing to accept that. But full Mm. transparency, now that I am working in editorial, literally on the magazine side, we Mm -hmm. literally pull from huge brands like Bottega, Louis Vuitton, and we don't pay them. We are pulling their samples. Right. right, So it's the same concept, no matter how big or small Mm -hmm. the brand is. Because it's a mutual, it's mutually beneficial. Uh, Yeah. And truly it is. If you're doing it correctly, it's truly beneficial. Yeah. Both ways. hundred percent. If you, some people look to magazines for inspiration or their next shopping trip. Like if you see Mm -hmm. whatever we, you, we pull for free on like the magazine and you're like, oh, I love this outfit. And you're, yeah. gonna give them a sale or you're gonna give them right 
repost or whatever it is. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you said, like a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. And I think what makes it like bad, like, you know, I've of course gotten DMs that have left a bad taste in my mouth when people come across as entitled or like, you know, you owe me this or something like that. Like don't go messaging a photographer or someone or a stylist and being like, you know, like, yeah. let's do a collaboration this is exactly what I am and you're gonna do it and blah blah, blah. like obviously like that's rude <laughs> and yeah. do not do that but like you know it's all in the way that you ask it because most of the time like I, I mean me as a creative myself I always want to be doing fun creative projects and like at the end of the day this is what we're super passionate about and like when you're young like this everyone knows each other's broke as long as you're not going and, like the <laughs> I love image that. That, it's true like if as long as you're not going and like using the image to sell something like if I could do a cool like collaboration and then I put all these people that like who were just working together like for free on my website to sell something that's shady do not do that crap. <laughs> but like if you're simple using it for like PR editorial like to for social media like it's okay and I think I don't know that's just my experience and that has gotten me like so much exposure just from like being cool with people like that and people have asked me after they've worked with me and liked me like yeah. be kind on set I always bring like snacks for the models I make sure everyone has water like I like go the extra mile to be like these people are dedicating their time to like do a project that I like kind of like started together. And so like treat them well, like make sure that they feel appreciated, like write them a thank you note, like do those things because they'll want to work with you again. They'll think of you for future projects. Yeah. Like that's helped me a ton. I mean, in that vein. Okay. So you, you're talking about it. So what is kind of your take on and what advice would you have for people starting on the industry when it comes to networking and meeting people and making relationships? Because you have a very, you just have a very positive outlook about it, which is what people should have. So I'm wondering mm. if you can talk more on that. Yeah, I think actually, I think we have very similar beliefs in this from a podcast. I heard a, a, a you know, an episode, but about interviews and how they're not mm. like, they shouldn't be so scary. Yeah. I have the same mentality. When you said this, I was like snapping my fingers. I was like, <laughs> it's just a conversation. They want you to do good because they want you to be a good candidate. And so yeah. I kind of just think of, I mean, not that I think of anytime I meet someone, you know, in the industry as an interview, but it's like, you're just having a conversation with a normal person. Like I met so many cool people from next in fashion that like, yeah. I could have been like, just trying to plug myself or like where it's obvious that you're trying to network. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Get to know them on a, like a personal level and like yeah. see, you know, the value uh, that your lives can add to each other there before you start getting into all the like, Oh, well, I heard you work at wherever and da da da. like, wait for those kind of things or they'll happen naturally because they like you as a person and I'm not saying go make friendships just to get something out of someone that's different but that's just how I've networked is like I admire this person in their career like I want to know who they are as a person as well and like how you know how do our journeys align like how what can I learn from that of how they got there and so then you know for me like I don't know that's just worked really well for me is like going for the personal connection like in professional networking settings because they'll remember you you're not just the person that came up and handed your business card and then dipped and was like oh it was good to meet you for your for your job hope you can help me and you leave like they'll remember like oh my god this girl asked about my family like where I was from like how I got you know a meaningful conversation and yeah I think yeah that's definitely carried me a lot of just like people having those meaningful relationships where people actually want to help you and they remember you yeah 100% and I'm still always trying to get better at that because I feel like there are some times and instances where like I'm in situations where I see someone who Mm -hmm. I really look up to who's like this this editor who on this this magazine that I look up to or this influencer (laughs) and I'm always like I don't I'm always like scared to approach them because I don't want to sound like one a fangirl but also like oh my god like oh my god like can we get a picture like that so it's always like a challenge for me on how to approach them but literally like this one epiphany I had was when I was at an event once and I saw this influencer who I've been following for so long and she's like a micro influencer as well. So when I Mm -hmm. went up to her, 
I was talking to her as if I'd like kind of like already knew her. knew her because I followed her and like followed her whole life journey. And then like we just connected and then and then yeah. and like she also was just like she was like, Oh my god, like what's your Instagram? Like you're so you sound so interesting. Like I want also mm-hmm. want to follow you as well. And yeah, I was just like no, That's exactly an organic conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything wrong. Like, you know, I don't want to sound like you can't go up to someone and be like, Hey, I so admire your work. Like I, you know, oh, like, yeah. Hey, yeah. of course you could do that. I'm not saying yeah. not to do that. But also it's just like, you know, so many people, you know, if you go to an event or something like that, that's all about networking. Like so many people are going to have that same conversation of, Oh, I like your work. Like, here's mm-hmm, my card. Like, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. And you leave, like, you know, think of something. If you know, you're going to meet people be like, Oh, I saw that, you know, they had a family member and wherever, and so do I, like, I'm going to oh, yeah, yeah. be like, oh, I read this article about you, and I just want to tell you, like, I have a connection, and blah, 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 like, something that makes it, like, personal and, like, intentional, yeah. and not, like you said, not just, like, a fangirl conversation, I think is really helpful. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, Well, yeah, again, I think we have both very similar, like, ideals, like, everything that you talk about. Oh, definitely, about is- yeah, that's why I love your podcast so much, I'm always snapping, I'm like, <laughs> <You're> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yes, girl. Um, well, Eliana, it was great to have you on this podcast. I literally can't wait for everyone to hear our conversation just because like, it's just gonna, ins- I think it's just gonna exp- inspire people so much and put a smile on their face because they're going to be like, feel just as confident that they can do what you do as well. You can, you can, if you're listening, you can. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, stop. No. Um. So yeah, I mean, what, what do you have before we end off? Like, what do you have coming up next? If What's what's coming up in your life? Just give a little. Um, I'm doing a fashion show in Chicago actually in August. Which is exciting, yeah. Oh my um, so I'm making eight new looks for that, so I'm working on that right now. So I have some new work. Um, I am gonna be posting more stuff, more like photo shoot stuff that I was talking about, like collaborations to my Instagram soon. The photos are still being edited, but I'm very excited about the two projects that I'm like waiting to post because you know editing and all that stuff takes time but that um yeah just follow me on instagram honestly i put my entire life on instagram now so and like work on there so it's just my name it's just eliana batsakis but yeah so yeah we'll see what else is coming no, it's, really and it was it was funny how you were like you were like before you were like oh i i didn't used to use social media and i love how it's like it was such a click it's such a switch because yeah, then once crazy. you started once you had that following you just started like being like iconic social media like (laughs) and I was like damn wait I was like I'm surprised she's like she doesn't have experience like what does that mean like fake it till you make it you know (laughs) I'm crying okay well thank you so much for um being on the podcast yeah Yeah, I had so much fun